When lilacs last in the dooryard bloomed, and the great star early drooped in the western sky in the night, I mourned, and yet shall mourn with ever-returning spring, ever-returning spring. Trinity sure to me you bring, lilac blooming perennial and drooping star in the west, and thought of him I love. The beginning of an adventure that I had yesterday, which I'll never forget. For such a long time, I'd been wanting to go there. I'd been wanting to travel. And I sat here in the kitchen at one stage yesterday afternoon and said, look, oh, damn it, I haven't got much time, but I am going to do it. And it, it, I, I kind of feel that it's been, well, the desire to do it on Periscope has been hanging over me for ages, and it's been welling and swelling and subsiding and whatever. And so I did it, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really pleased. Okay, it's there on Periscope in two parts. The first part is in the 1892 edition of Leaves of Grass there, um, when lilacs last in the dooryard bloomed is, is divided into kind of bits. And I ended the first uh, part of it on Periscope with as my soul in its trouble dissatisfied sank as where you sad orb concluded, dropped in the night, and was gone. I stopped and was gone. And I later picked up and read the rest of Walt Whitman's great, great poem, um, live-streamed on Periscope, with hundreds of people tuning in for at least, <laughs> at least a quarter of a second. But it, it gives me a tremendous um, memory to be able to oh, just dwell in the fact that I've done it. Mind you, I did it in two parts and I'm still left with an impulse to, oh, I want to do it again in one part. I did read big chunks of the, well, chunks of the poem twice and some chunks three times and the word I've uh, written down which came up in the conversations um, that in one one part of the conversations because the great thing on Periscope is that um, people can um, instant message in pieces of it and it came, this came towards the end the idea of sweetgrass now, I know nothing about sweetgrass. I've just written it down um, above page 408 of my Leaves of Grass, the one that has uh, the deathbed edition, the one with the introduction by William Carlos Williams. The, but um, it was such a uh, journey, an emotional journey, life and death, an expansive journey into 
the civil war in the north and the south and the and the feelings that those who survived the war are left with. Yeah. For the sweetest, wisest soul of all my days and lands, and this for his dear sake, lilac and star and bird, twinned with the chant of my soul, there in the fragrant pines and the cedars dusk and dim. Oh, it was a great experience. And a victorious one was there. Not the only person who was there by any means, but it meant a lot to me that victorious one was there last night. I went out to the hazel wood because a fire was in my head and cut and peeled a hazel wand and hooked a berry to a thread and when white moths were on the wing and moth-like stars were flickering out I dropped the berry in a stream and caught a little silver trout Well, I didn't do that. I didn't go to the woods last night, <clears throat> but I am. <clears throat> I didn't go to the woods that evening. <clears throat> and I haven't seen Hazel in Moonborn Wood. But I am about to see Louis in the wood. And I'm about to see Paul in the wood. And you never know whether I'll see the big brown bear, whether I'll be gobbled by flesh-eating leprechauns. I don't deserve such a fate, but I have been tardy this morning, so maybe that's something telling me that I shouldn't go out into the wood. Here, Louis, come on. We're off. We're going. Let me put your lead on. I know you're so crazily excited. Slow down now. This is the only time you get excited. <laughs> you're never, you're never excited. You're such a calm dog. Let me drop your lead. You won't go anywhere. Come on. Let's get you in the car. I see they've emptied the bins this morning, bank holiday Monday. I never understand why the company that uh, collects our bins 
has people working on a bank holiday. It must... I imagine the people working for the company are pleased. They're probably... I wonder whether they get paid time and a half or get paid double time working on a bank holiday. Maybe it's time and a half and a day off in lieu. That's, uh, that's, that would be my prediction. Okay. Let's turn off the, turn that off. Let's just see what's on Irish radio. Start the day, 11 o'clock, maybe the end of the news. That's the public link. and radio communications. Pope Francis is due to visit Dublin in August. A defunct Chinese space station has re-entered the Earth's atmosphere over the South Pacific. The unused lab hasn't been manned since 2013 and contact was lost with it three years later. Brad Tucker is an astrophysicist with the Australian National University and says it was a substantial object. It was about eight and a half tons and ten meters long, so about the size of a bus. Ninety percent of the debris was estimated and probably did burn up in the atmosphere. And ten percent, so we're still talking about hundreds of kilograms worth of debris landing in the ocean and landing on the earth over a thousand square kilometer patch. And that's your latest. All that, all that stuff could have landed in Perth, Australia and plunked on top of Georgie D. Yeah, she, she could have, or he could have landed on top of Dexter. Her cat, her big, big, enormous uh, cat. Yeah, who seems to have grown into a giant ever since she took in a tiny little cat. I'm driving down the hill, down Church Hill. Bank holiday Monday, dull, two dogs to the right, red light in front, going out to a wood. I looked for the the words, the, the correct words for that poem by W.B. Yeats, William Butler Yeats. I looked for those and while I did I noticed that there was a link on Google which was something like the 10 best wood poems ever written. And the funny thing was I didn't know a single poet. I flicked down through the names of the poets and I didn't know any of them. Robert Frost wasn't among them. So I think it was some individual's choice rather than any form of collective wisdom in relation to what were the greatest poems. But I suppose that would do me good to read those. Squirrels was one of the names of the poems. Yeah, there are Red squirrels, it is said, in the wood where I'm walking, and this is, uh, I'm not pulling your leg. Now, I assume you know about the, 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 the invasion of the grey squirrels and how grey squirrels uh, are driving out red squirrels and 
have driven them back into Wales. There are precious few places in the UK where red squirrels are to be found and I have I am disappointed that I haven't yet seen grey uh, I haven't yet seen red squirrels in Ireland. It would really two creatures would make my day. Uh, hair would be number one. I've got a thing about hairs. I'm just love hairs and they for me they they symbolize all sorts of things. I'm not sure what they symbolize, but they symbolize something or other. And the other are red squirrels. Those two, I think, would be my, uh, my, my favorites. Closely followed by frogs and toads. I once bought a house in Bradford-on-Avon, in Wiltshire, in, in England, in the UK in Europe, in the Northern Hemisphere, on Earth, in the, in the Milky Way. I once uh, bought a house which was so covered in, um, I was going to say leaves, but that's wrong, in creepers. And I was in such a deflated mood when I was buying the house that I never, I didn't closely inspect the back of the garden. And a little, a short while after I moved into the house, and I want you to imagine a completely overgrown section of the garden, I, I started pulling back the creepers, pulling away the creepers, and I discovered underneath the creepers a pond. Yeah, a proper fish pond. Not a huge fish pond, but it probably was three meters long and one meter wide. I mean, a substantial enough pond. Anyway, there was a carp in there. Uh, yeah, a large goldfish. In fact, there may have been more than one. I think there were about three or four. And uh, I cleared away the creepers. And I started walking down there at evening time. And I noticed as I walked towards it at evening, the sound of frogs, which are, well, frogs are tremendous, I think. And I did, I went down there and I sat on the, at the edge of the water now, of course, I'd love to tell you that I sat there and the frogs sang to me and the, the chief toad, who isn't a frog, of course, but the chief toad came and sat on my lap and croaked to me. And uh, Ratty came out and we had the, the wind and the creepers. No, no. But... I remember very fondly that piece of water, those fish, and those frogs. And the frog spawn, and the tadpoles, which I seem to remember didn't last very long. Somebody 
probably told me this once, that tadpoles eat each other. Hard to believe, but anyway, maybe t maybe frogs eat frog spawn. Who knows? But there's <laughs> there's so many tadpoles are in you know the beginnings of tadpoles in frog spawn that the earth would be overrun if the vast majority of them you know didn't didn't die off. Okay, I've got the windscreen wipers wiping. It's more misty than raining. In fact, I should really turn on my headlights. I usually drive with headlights on. Something I learned in Canada. Yeah, the year after I left school, I went to Canada. And I stayed in Brandon, Ontario with my first cousins, my uncle and aunt and first cousins. There were about eight of them in the same family. I was older than the eldest one of them. It was a short distance, really. I remember from Winnipeg. And this was a long time before I went to London, Ontario. Yes, I, that's where I noticed that people drove cars with headlights on. I'd never seen it in Ireland. Now it's standard advice given by the Road Safety Authority in Ireland. I'm on what's called the, I think it's called the M8. This road would go to Dublin. I think there are, well, it does go to Dublin. I think there are two places where you stop perhaps three to pay a road toll, but you don't go through any towns. And it's cut the traveling time from Cork to Dublin pretty dramatically. Today, assuming that there isn't much traffic about, I could probably be in, I could certainly aspire to being in Dublin by half past one. That would be two hours and 17 minutes. So there we are, I going out to the wood and it, the light will be so flat, I don't think I'll be doing any periscoping. I do love periscope, I must admit. But I think it's what I love is the people that I've got to know. Like last night there, is a woman who lives in Orange County. Well, she actually lives in in Fountain Valley. No, in Huntington Beach, which is adjacent to Fountain Valley. A place that I spent a summer in. The year I worked in a in a sweet factory in Long Beach. Now I now I'm going back. Here is an alternative route. You don't have to go on this road to Dublin. You can meander along smaller roads that would go approximately parallel, but not parallel, and would go through every place. If I kept going on this road and turned off uh, maybe 25 minutes further on, maybe 30 minutes further on, I would get to Bernie Goldbach's house in County Tipperary 
certainly within an hour, easily within an hour. And I've been in touch with Bernie Goldback this morning and the idea of making pieces of audio. I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but Bernie came, was talking about something and I started to think about how great it would be to do my own version of it. And then I began to think of the people around the world who could also do their own version of it. Yeah, a new, a new form or a new, a new application of audio. Yeah. Anyway, that's life. I'm close to the turnoff, which will take me down towards the wood. And uh, Louis is sitting up in the back seat with his head drooped over the. Well, he's in the boot actually, so his head is drooped from the. His neck is resting on the, the separator between the, the boot, or the trunk as some people call it, and the passenger area behind my back. So here we go, turn to Liam Lara. L-E-A-M-L-A-R-A. And uh, I may very well be back from the woods. I went out to the Hazelwood because a fire was in my head. I haven't quite got a fire in my head. If it wasn't for Louis, I wouldn't be here. I'd be at home in the kitchen I'd have made a cup of coffee. I'd be looking at a laptop. And I'd be feeling procrastinating. I'd be, there's a piece of work I need to do. And I haven't, uh, and I have procrastinated about it. But this doesn't feel like procrastination. This feels like health. It's a very muggy, well, muggy is the wrong word. It's misty, first of all. There is water in the air, lots of it. And even at 200, even at 100 meters, I don't see the, the pine trees clearly. I suppose you you might be able to land an aeroplane in this mist. But it's taken a dog that I didn't want to get me out. And I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. It's There are larch here. Oh, there's so many different let me tell you what's here. Let me remind myself what's here. Let me... <laughs> this is a wood called Moanbon. 
alder and ash, birch and beech beside a brook, bog bracken, berries, bramble, bilberry, badger, broom, blue tit, cypress, chaffinch, dandelions and douglas pine, eucalyptus, ferns and fur, foxglove, fox, gorse, grass, goldcrest, heather, hair, ivy, leaves, larch, lulu pine, lodgepole pine, moss and molina, noble fur, oak, long-eared owl, pine and primroses, pheasant, roots, rowan, rabbit, stuck a spruce, sap, stoat, sparrow, squirrel, thorns, trails, tracks, water, weeds, wren, woodcock, willow warbler, yellow hammer. There is nothing here beginning with Z, nor have I found or anything beginning with Q. I feel more optimistic at filling that one. Nothing that begins. I have not seen or heard that there is a J in this wood. I'll be pleased if there is. Oh yes, the alphabet of a wood. Must be frogs. There are blackberries. There must be nests. There I pass the logs.
there's a great thing that happens every night on the BBC or it used to certainly happen and it was the shipping forecast and the shipping forecast read by the man who wrote the the history and history boys the history men Alan Bennett yeah well worth listening to how a list can become poetry how sound can conjure or can how you can conjure up so many different things in the presence of sound and Fastnet, Dogger Bank, Malin Head. Oh, yes, I can't do it. I might make a stab someday. Flotsam. On the, on the surface of the stream that's flowing today and it was fairly quiet yesterday. We'll meet some people on this walk. They won't be peasants, so I can't put peasants down. I just have to be satisfied with pheasants. A blue jay. Jays are the most are, are beautiful birds, and that puts me in in mind of hummingbirds, and a man in Texas, who when I met him first on Periscope, he was making live streams of his outstretched hand holding a little plastic top of a bottle which had sugared water in it and hummingbirds were coming and dipping and flitting quickly away drinking the sugared water from his extended hand William Rev B.J. William Jocelyn, I think, was very keen on Le Petit Prince, the little prince, and that story. And he asked me to collaborate with him about the little prince and to read a section of it in English, I think. Yes, in English. On Periscope. He was hugely in love with that story and he wanted me to read a particular part of it and I loved doing it. 
I love collaborating and I was ever so pleased to be asked. The dog is rooting in the undergrowth. Hasn't really yet left the path. He will further on. I promise you no bird song. 